I think uh, that we live in something of a dumpster fire of a civilization at the minute. And if you can find a little bit of joy in something out there, then you should absolutely fly your freak flag and love that thing unabashedly. I don't think there's anything such thing as a guilty pleasure. If you derive pleasure from a thing, revel in it. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Conversation. I'm Brandon T. McClure, with you as always on this journey through fandom and your podcaster's favorite fandom. I feel like that gets worse every week. I feel like I say that every week. Man, I'm a little rusty at this. As you can tell, uh, I was not here last week. I I apologize for not even making an announcement. There was no episode last week. I'm so sorry about it. Not to get too into it, but I deal with a lot of mental health issues um, and those kind of just came to a head last week but i'm back feeling all right i think things are going to start looking up soon um but that was no excuse and here we go my promise to you i will not skip another week unless i run out of episodes which is a good segue into hey if you have a geek podcast and you want to be a part of this podcast please email me at fake at gmail.com the link is down below in the description i'd love to hear from you this week, I have Andy Palacides from the Great Derelict Podcast, as well as um, many others that he'll mention in the episode. Um, he's, a, he's a really cool guy. I'm so glad I got to talk with him. I'm so glad you guys got to hear this one. He had a lot of really great insight into fandom, um, into kind of being a positive space for fandom. Um, he's got some tips about what he does that I think are, are valuable. Um, I don't want to, like, give it away, but... This was one of my favorite episodes that I've done. Uh, he, I recorded this um, at my parents' house when I was up there uh, for a month. I'm sure I've mentioned it on this podcast before. Um, that was, he emailed me and was like, hey, I'm, I'm waiting. And I'm like, oh, man, because uh, I kept, uh, I kept uh, delaying our, our talk. And I'm so sad I did, especially now that I've done it. Um, my back was hurting, but it was absolutely worth it. Uh, there's no lumbar support at my parents' place. I was doing this on a bed. That's too much information. You guys don't really care about that. But what you guys do care about is listening to Andy Palacides. I hope I pronounced that right. I'm so sorry if I didn't. Um, I, you'll hear it right soon, I'm sure. Um, talking about his podcast, talking about fandom. Uh, you're going to hear my voice about 30 minutes in. There's a glitch that I'm going to interrupt. Um yeah, other than that, not really a whole lot to, to catch you up on. I will talk more about other things in the Fakner Podcast family of podcasts um, at the end. All right. Without further ado, here you go. Okay, I am here with Andy Palastides. I hope I pronounced that right. Correct, yes. Um, of the the Great Derelict Podcast. Also Correct. Yes. Um, why don't you tell us? Why don't you tell the audience a bit about your podcast? You also mentioned you have a few more. If you want to mention those as well, you're more than welcome. Oh well, thank you. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, I I do a couple of podcasts. Uh, given this is a, a podcast about fandoms, the Great Derelict is probably the most relevant because that is a podcast about everything and anything to do with science fiction, uh, where I have a guest uh, and we have a chat about a topic. 
whatever kind of takes my fancy. Uh, I do some other podcasts, though. I also do one called Into the Expanse, which is a review show where we talk about of the Expanse. And uh, I do a podcast called Grand Prix Podcast uh, in, in the tradition of James. That is my more successful podcast. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a podcast all about Formula One. Oh, okay. Um, you're so you're watching Amazon The Expanse series. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I, I have a uh, my podcast husband, as we call him, Elton, uh, mm-hmm. who I was forever trying to get into to The Expanse, and we'd previously done a podcast on Band of Brothers and From the Earth to the Moon. And we were like in in the off season between Formula One, which is from like November through to March, April time. We used to watch a show, and I was like, "You should watch The Expanse." And uh, he was like, oh, "I can't get into it." I go, "Look, just just get to episode four, and you know, if you're not into it by then, we'll move on." Uh, but he got into it, and he got really into it. And then we've just done all of The Expanse. So uh, yes, The Expanse is probably the best science fiction show on TV today. So if you're not watching it, you should watch it. Man, I've heard that. From so many people. And actually, um, I had someone on at the time of this recording, probably a couple weeks ago, um, Mm -hmm. who also talked to me about The Expanse. Um, It sounds great, but I never got into it for whatever reason. Well, I say say this about The Expanse. It's you do need to give it the first four episodes because the first four episodes are just pure world building. It's just setting up its stall. It's putting pieces in place. But episode four is called CQB. And then it just kicks off. It, it throttles up and it doesn't stop. Mm. It has some of the most intelligent writing, some of the best characters, some of the best performances I have seen. Uh, I mean, I mean, it's up there with like beginning of, you know, Galactica, the Ron Moore stuff and all that. It is It is oh, a fantastic show and I highly recommend it. And I can recommend a very good podcast to watch along. It's called Into the Expanse and at Rogue2Media.com. <laughs> yeah, I might check it out. By the time this probably comes out, I probably would have already seen it. But I'm trying to get my girlfriend through Battlestar right now because that's my favorite show. So. The Ron Moore one or the uh, classic? The Ron Moore one. Ah, yes. It's, a, it's, it's an excellent show. Uh, went off a little at the end, but uh, Expanse is certainly at as good as um, Battlestar Galactica got. The Expanse matches that. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. interested to see if I agree with the with myself, because when I first saw... This is way off topic for this podcast, but hey, yeah, whatever. It's, <laughs> it's my podcast. I can do whatever I want. Um, Absolutely. For Battlestar, I really when I watched it as a kid, I really liked the ending. I thought it was a really satisfying finale, and and since then I've seen some of the discourse disagree with that. Um, so I'm kind of wondering, like, will my now adult sensibilities uh, change how I perceive the finale of Battlestar? I don't have a huge problem with the ending of Battlestar. I I I, I think the ending of Battlestar works quite well. My problem, if you want to call it a problem, it's not really a problem. But uh, Battlestar Galactica started out really strong. Yeah, the first two seasons of Battlestar Galactica, Ron Moore's one, are like really, really strong up until about the first third of season three, and then it really takes a quality dive, in my opinion. And it does that for two reasons. Reason one is there was a writer strike at the time, mm-hmm. and you know that just kind of destroyed it. Reason two, and back when it was on originally. Uh, and I remember watching this, there was an interview with Ron Moore and he says they basically, they had, they had a plan, you know, the Cylons had a plan. Uh, they, they threw away the plan because what they decided they wanted to do was to allow the characters to drive the story. And mm-hmm. so the idea was that the characters' decisions and would, would lead to it. But it basically led to some really weird storylines and some stuff. And they, they just kind of lost their way. So yeah, yeah. Se- season three and four of Galactica, yeah, but, but one and two. 
oh, I mean, uh, 33, that first episode of Galactica, oh, still God, one of the best so, hours so of television ever. Yeah, it, it's, it's so tense. I loved it, yeah. Yeah, we have were... a uh, Galactica flight suit costume as well. Oh, nice. <laughs> I always wanted the, I've always wanted the, the, what's it called? The tunic? The, the, the Judy Blues? Or yeah. the green ones? The, yeah. the green ones, yeah. Uh, um, BDUs. Mm-hmm. We we so we when we um when, when the opening says and the silence all have a pl- the like the silence have a plan. Yeah. I remember thinking to myself the, the last time I watched it, going like, "What was the plan?" <laughs> anyway, yeah, we should get into the to what this podcast is, which is talking about your fandom and not our mutual love of Battlestar Galactica. Galact- hey, Galactica is part of my fandom, so. Um... <laughs> So before you started your podcast, I like to kind of give a give the audiences a bit of a rundown of of how you interacted with fandom prior to your uh, to starting your podcast. Okay. Uh, well, I if if we go all the way back, I suppose to to the before times, to the very beginning, uh, my my fandom journey kind of started when I was very 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 young because my parents introduced me to Star Trek, and this was before the Next Generation and everything. I. I some of my earliest memories are watching like Star Trek the motion picture and watching the Enterprise, spending six hours to leap a space dock and to accelerate <laughs> out a, through the... Uh... It's a long movie. It's a long movie. It's a good movie and I will defend it. But, uh, you know, I, I love me some Star Trek. Star Trek's kind of like my level one fandom, if you will. It was, it was kind of where it started. Um, but, you know, when, when we got to high school, I, I was, you know, I was not a popular kid, you know, fat kid, didn't like sports. But what I loved was science fiction. And uh, I, I I used to take like the Star Trek The Next Generation technical manual in to read in school. And, you know, I actually made some really good friends because, you know, people would see me sitting off to the side reading the Star Trek The Next Generation technical manual and they come over to see what it was because they were also, you know, nerdy as well. And, you know, they wanted to, to kind of know about it. So so I kind of really got into, you know, uh, science fiction in in that sense of, you know, learning about the technologies and everything and the science and the spaceships and, and things like that. And because I was, I suppose you could say I was comfortable with being unpopular, some of the others around me would kind of like gravitate towards me because, you know, hey, he's talking about Star Trek. Let's go and talk about Star Trek with him. And right. so, so, you know, that was that. And, and, you know, science fiction was just a huge part of my life, you know, growing up uh, and so forth. And then when, when the internet came along, you know, I discovered web boards. I even ran a web board for a long time. Oh, and, you? you know, oh, yeah, it's called Space Battles, spacebattles.com. You'll never oh. find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy. But I ran that for several years. And, you know, it was just a place where I could take that, you know, that love of just deep dive. I mean, what's going to win, a Star Destroyer or the Enterprise? Well, you know, what Star Destroyer? What Enterprise? Do Star Destroyers have shields? Are lasers <laughs> going to have any impact? You know, debating those sort of things ad nauseum i mean the, the all-time classics were what would win in a fight a white star from uh babylon 5 or the uss defiant so you know we would just talk about these things endlessly uh, and then you know from from that it kind of evolved and you know social media and everything we find those places and I've, I've just always been someone who loves to talk about my fandom and my science fiction um you know, to the point that when it came time to, to, uh, well, I say came time to, I found my wife on a website which was about connecting geeks with other geeks because it's so important to me as part of my life. I have so many friends who, you know, their wives tolerate 
their geekiness. They, 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 you know, when they want to watch a science fiction show, they have to watch it when they've gone to bed and all that. And I'm like, no, it's such a huge part of my life that won't work. So, so I yeah. found my wife, you know, on, on a website, uh, you know, full of geeks and everything like that. And we just got together and it's great because we can share that love of science fiction. Uh, although she likes fantasy a lot more and I'm not so much on the fantasy. <laughs> sure. My, my, my girlfriend, when we first started getting together, she didn't really like the science fiction stuff that I was into. She liked the comic book stuff, but not really the science fiction stuff. And then one day I was watching, uh, cause I had the ambitious desire to go through every single episode of star Trek at least once. Cause I never did it. <laughs> um, I've seen, I, I always said I've seen most episodes most times, but I've never seen it all. Yeah. Um, so I was on D space nine and she was watching this episode with me and I was, while well, I was getting ready for work and she had spent the night and before we lived together and she was just like glued to the screen. <laughs> and I was like, are you enjoying this? And I go, yeah. And she goes, yeah, what is this? I go, this is Star Trek. It's like, oh, can I, can I watch this? You know? Well, yeah, but I'm on season six. So you got to kind of catch up. <laughs> So she, so you, yeah. didn't, you didn't take her back to the beginning, I mean, Star. <laughs> no, we we did, and then we kind of mm. like piecemealed Star Trek for her. She's on Next Gen now after we watched mm. Voyager. So, um, I yeah, I I agree. I think it's kind of important that your significant other should at least, um, it's kind of unfortunate when you're just like, well, I can't watch a sci-fi thing until it's until they go to bed. Well, I mean, I got some really good friends, and yeah, it's it's their partners just don't like science fiction or, or don't get it, or and. They just can't do that. And I, I think it's just such a waste. It's such a huge part of my life. And it had been for so long that I just I couldn't envision being with someone where I couldn't share that part of myself. Right. And and so that was just so important. So, yeah, you know, fandom and, you know, science fiction, especially hugely important to me. Yeah, I really like to remind people how, you know, even some of the younger people I've had on the show, which uh, probably the last couple episodes um, don't even realize that, like, fandom used to be such a personal thing you know it, we we look at it now as this kind of huge amalgamous uh thing because of social media like you know i'm part of this fandom i interact with this fandom but like back when we were kids you know it and i don't know how old you are but i assume we're roughly the same age um i am 39 at the time of recording <laughs> oh so you're actually slightly older than me um <laughs> but we but like even then it's like things used to be such a it used to be such a a, a small gathering of people and that was fandom that was how mm -hmm. you interact with fandom um and it just kind of exploded with the internet oh yeah we 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 found ourselves you know because being geeks and nerds you know we tended to be more computer literate so we, we set out our store quite early on and just kind of planted yeah. our flags here we are um, <laughs> Okay, so that so so you, so you had your circle, you had your kind of echo chamber, as I like to call it, of people who mm -hmm. shared similar similar likes and things like that. Um, so, what led you to your podcast? Well, I um, slightly convoluted journey. Uh, one of the things I got into, uh, yeah, about, about the time that I was getting onto the internet was uh, computer animation, CGI, and stuff like that, sure. because you know it was a big thing with Babylon Five was all CGI and I. Uh, I, I was quite active on a number of forums and I used to make, you know, 3D pictures of spaceships, flying pie, beauty shots. And uh, one of my friends on one of the forums started a podcast. Uh, it's called the Black Dog Podcast and it's still going. And 
Wow. I listened to it and, you know, they invited feedback every now and again. So, you know, I sent feedback and it, they, they talked about movies and, you know, it was just a kind of a movie review podcast. And so I would send my thoughts and then uh, we went to see a film. Uh, I think it was Interstellar. And after Interstellar, he invited me back to his place and he said, do you want to record something about it? So we recorded my views on Interstellar. Uh, the mic was terrible. Uh, you can't hear me. I think it's still out there, but I wouldn't recommend taking it out. But uh, I was hooked, as they say. And, and then a little bit later, uh, myself and him and another friend decided to start a new podcast. And we started a podcast called Space Doc Jury. Uh, what was it called? Space Doc Jury. Okay. Uh, do you have top trumps uh, over there in, in the US of A? If we do, I've never heard of it. Okay, so Top Trumps is a card game that was quite big here when I was a kid, where you have a deck of cards with a on a topic. So let's say you have a um, a Top Trumps deck for spaceships, and you'd have a picture of the ship, and then there'd be a list of uh, categories. So it'd be like speed, size, firepower, crew, whatever. Mm -hmm. And the way you play Top Trumps is you divvy out the cards between all of you, and then you'd play your card and whoever had you, you'd pick the topic so speed so who had the fastest one would win the cards and you know whoever had the most powerful one would win it and so forth and so we did a podcast version of that where we would take a different spaceship each each week and argue over who's had the best think like top gear for geeks um sure. and spaceships uh which was great for about a year but the problem is we're both the three of us very similar very passionate uh it devolved into a lot of childish arguments and i don't like arguing so we decided to bring that to a close. And, you know, after that, it kind of morphed into The Great Derelict. I say The Great Derelict is actually the remains of the space dock from Space Dock Jury. And I just talk about whatever I want on science fiction. <laughs> nice. OK, so. So you've had, so you had a podcast before The Great Derelict, which um, how well, is kind of the same podcast. Well, it's the same feed. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it, it, it's, it's evolved from that to this okay and then just generally speaking my my kind of next question that i always ask people is that you know how did your podcast either one uh most likely probably the current one um expand or change your knowledge of fandom your of your fandom how did that kind of change your perspective mm. well the podcast itself i i I, I never think of my podcasts, certainly not The Great Derelict, as being particularly popular. I mean, I see the numbers, you know, but, you know, there's a few hundred people listen to it. But, you know, it, it's 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 a very small circle because it's just me talking about, you know, whatever topics I want to, to talk about there. So I don't have a huge amount of interaction with fandoms outside of, you know, the people I already know and connected. Uh, I suppose a better one for that might be with the Grand Prix podcast because that has a much bigger reach and that certainly taught me to be more to be less precious about what people think about me and what i'm saying about things and mm -hmm. you know you know i've had a lot of growth over the last few years and, and i've certainly come to understand that uh i'm not going to agree with everyone and everyone's not going to agree with me and that's fine and i've yeah. also come to learn that not everything's made for me and that's also fine uh there's a lot of things out there at the minute that I don't particularly like uh, but I don't feel the need to talk about them or post about them I don't want I've got two rules on the great derelict basically rule one is kind of has to be science fiction related if we're going to have a discussion on there 
that's a very loose rule. Mm-hmm. But the other rule is I won't do any negative kind of just bashing for the sake of bashing things. I'm, I'm not interested in doing that. I'm not a fan of Star Trek Voyager, but I won't do a podcast talking about how much I dislike Star Trek Voyager because okay. just because I don't like it doesn't mean someone else doesn't like it. If someone wants to have a discussion with me about Star Trek Voyager and tell me why they love it, I will absolutely give them a platform to do that because I'd love to have that discussion. Um, but I won't do one of those, you know, I don't like the thing. And I used to. I I, I have There's a podcast back on the feed about uh, Alien Covenant. I have very strong views about Alien Covenant. But today I wouldn't make that podcast because right. some people like it and that's great. You know, I'm glad that you found something that you enjoy about it. Production design in it, fantastic. I love production design. <laughs> so you think that's important is kind of keeping a positive voice out there? I think uh, that we live in something of a dumpster fire of a civilization at the minute. And if you can find a little bit of joy in something out there, then you should absolutely fly your freak flag and love that thing unabashedly. I don't think there's anything such thing as a guilty pleasure. If you derive pleasure from a thing, revel in it, be proud of it and share your love for the thing. I think there's far too many instances where people will tell you why you're wrong to like a thing or tell you that you're wrong for, you know, you know if, if you say Star Trek Discovery, people say they like Star Trek Discovery and you will have people coming out of a woodwork, uninvited, unconnected to tell you you're wrong. And it's like, why? why? What, have, what, have you, what have you gained from this? It's not for you. That's fine. I don't get people that hate watch things. I just, I just don't understand the mentality there. You know, life's too short. Mm-hmm. If you don't like it, that's fine. I'll be perfectly honest with you. I haven't loved the last two seasons of Star Trek Discovery. I didn't particularly love a lot of Star Trek Picard. But I'd, I mean, I watched it because there's still enough there that I enjoyed about it. But I didn't feel the need to then post how much I disliked it. Mm-hmm. That being said, though, when you had the episode Nepente with um, Jonathan Frakes in it, I love that. And I... I shouted from the rooftops, this was amazing, this was great, I want more of this. Uh, so I think you should shout about what you love, sh- share your love of things, and if you don't like it, just say, well, that wasn't for me, mm-hmm. and that's fine. Yeah, I uh, I kind of, I think I agree with you about Star Trek, although I, I Star Trek Discovery, I like season two more than I like season one, <laughs> um, and that's only because of Captain Pike, I love Captain Pike. Captain Pike is amazing, and I cannot wait for Strange New Worlds. Uh, and that's the thing, you know, even though I didn't particularly like the thing, I'm going to watch Strange New Worlds. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I haven't already decided because Alec Kurtman's involved; it's terrible. I'm going to go and watch it. Yeah, I, and... I, there's nothing. There's nothing in these new Star Trek shows that like I, I, we we're part of a group. Um, we're part of a group. This is part of the Great Mates tour, as I said a couple episodes back. But the <laughs> we're part of a group where um, the uh, the, the 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 like hatred for the Star Trek Kelvin movies is pretty preva- prevalent, and I hate Star Trek Into Darkness. No, I have very strong views on Star Trek Into Darkness. <laughs> and speaking of things that just like I don't I don't want to talk about why I hate it, but I really hate it. And it like it was one of those moments in the franchise that I hate very rarely. Of I hate this thing so much that I no longer want to be a part of the franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, and that changes beyond. So there's nothing in Discovery, Lower Decks, or Picard that that has done that to me. So to me, I'm kind of looking at that as a win. I'm like, I'm look as long as they don't do anything like Star Trek in the Darkness, I'm okay to keep watching. 
Now, you see, Into Darkness is an interesting one because you're right. I, I mean, I, I've i never come closest to walking out of a cinema as I did when watching Into Darkness. Yeah. But my wife loved Into Darkness. And, I mean, you've got, I mean, let's acknowledge it's a well-made film. You know, I mean, it, it, structurally, you know, technically, you know, it's well shot. The effects are good. It is a well-made film. But it's a terrible Star Trek film in my opinion. But my wife really liked it. She loved it. And I'm like, I, I can't, I can't stand it. I don't like it. It's a poor ripoff of Wrath of Khan. And then she said, well, I've never seen Wrath of Khan. Oof. So That's we had fair. to fix that. But my point being here is it wasn't made for me, but it was made for her. Someone who'd never seen any other Star Trek films prior to that, watched that. And it's a good action film that she really enjoyed. And, you know, that's something I just try and keep in mind. You know, if I don't like something, People don't go out of their way to make terrible things unless they're Uri Bowl. But generally speaking, people don't go out of their way to make terrible content. Mm -hmm. But not all content's made for me. And so if I keep that in mind, I'm like, okay, fine. I didn't like it. I yeah, so fun. much so much of fandom discourse is is I hate the thing. You know, it's 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 really exhausting almost to kind of constantly be on Twitter or Facebook or or wherever and just like People are constantly talking about how much they hate a thing, how much they don't like a thing. And very rarely will you see people trying to celebrate the things that they like. And I think that's un that's unfortunate and can be really exhausting. Especially because there are certain things that if you stick your head above a power pit and declare that you love it, especially if you are not a white male, hmm. you will get everyone and their dog coming to tell you you are wrong. Yeah. You know, you know, it, it, it's... I, I've got friends who love the 2016 Ghostbusters film. I've got a friend who uh, her daughter just wants to be Holtzman. That's all she wants to do. And yeah, I, I have things with that film that I'm not a fan of. But the fact that this young girl, about six at the time that film came out, mm -hmm. saw that film and loved it and found something passionate to be there. Just the, the thought that, you know, someone like me, or, you know, you know, forty-year-old white bloke is going to one day tell it you are wrong for loving that film. It, it's yeah, that's horrible. You know, yeah. but that's the thing. I experienced something similar when I was at school because, you know, I didn't like football, and I mean soccer, not what you guys play, handy. <laughs> um, you know, because I didn't like football, then people, um, you know, look, look down on me because I wanted to sit and look at my picture of how the enterprise worked. Right. Um, so I understand why. Oh, how devastating that could be you know you should nurture fandom you should nurture a love of things you know yeah i agree um okay so sorry um reading my notes a little bit so That's now right. you have your now you have your podcast you said you don't really interact a whole lot with a kind of a larger fandom but how do you interact with with fandom now um by, by using your podcast by uh, i know we're on the same like facebook group um just just is there like Something that's really important to you right now as far as your interactions with fandom? Um, I mean, yeah, I'm on Facebook groups and everything. Um, you know, I'm on Twitter uh, and, and occasionally in discords, but I, I don't really promote the podcast. I don't do I don't do the socials, sure. uh, partly because I'm not down with the kids at all. <laughs> you can tell that because I just said down with the kids, which no one should ever <laughs> say. Um, I mean, uh, I've, I've had this discussion, actually, uh, with I think it was your first guest on here, uh, Phil, Phil Bellamy. Yeah, Phil Bellamy. Yeah. 
you know, he, he often talks in the Podmates group about, you know, trying to promote your podcast and to, you know, you can get bigger guests and build your reach and everything like that, which I think is very uh, laudable and worthy goal, but it's not something that particularly interests me mm. on the great derelict. The great derelicts for me, it's more just, I'll tell you what I'll do. Actually. I, I have probably the best ever uh, review of a podcast, which I received for the great derelict. And it sums up what I want the great derelict to be. So let oh, me just, sure. let me just find this review. Man looks up thing on the internet. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, so this is a review I got a couple of years ago, uh, and it's, uh, it's titled uh, Subtle Mind Expansion. Imagine being at a mid-90s rave. The music's not doing it. The drugs have eliminated any decent conversation. So you go to the chill-out room for a smoke and some peace and quiet and sat there for the same reason are two blokes who've never met before but have struck up a conversation about some aspect of sci-fi. You sit there and listen as they go on about for hours, mind-bendingly weird, intelligent, deeply interesting, funny, warm, and human. That's what I want the podcast to be. It's really just me and anyone who wants to come on The Great Derelict is welcome. I, I it, it is an open-door policy. I don't even have to be there. I mean, I've actually said to people, here's the keys, do a podcast, I'll listen to it later. I'm fine with that as well. But for, for, for me, it's, you know, I, I really want to just have interesting conversations with people. I, I want people to share the love of a thing. Uh, I mean, one of the best episodes I did recently was on Trekonomics, which is the economy of Star Trek. But we ended up talking about uh, aristocracy and the Klingon Empire, uh, you know, the cultural significance of money for the Ferengi, how energy is the single most important commodity within the Federation universe. Uh, and then the week after that, you know, I was talking with a guy about Robotech and sure. just his love of Robotech. You know, it's, it's something we didn't get over here in the UK. So I didn't really have a huge amount to bring to that. Uh, my wife, who is a uh, uh, becoming a psychologist, uh, we did an entire episode of WandaVision just talking about the psychological impacts of what Wanda had gone through and you know you know how that relates in in that world of there uh, and then I did an episode where I had two geography teachers come on and we spoke about colonialism in science fiction it's very eclectic <laughs> and I know if I wanted to build the podcast and interact more of a fandom I'd probably try and focus a bit more or have something more of a strategy there but but for me the great derelicts just I want to just have interesting conversations with people and sure. do stuff and it's one of those, if if i was more aware uh, i'd probably just hire someone to promote it for me mm-hmm. but uh, it, it's 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 very important to me i kept it as a hobby i never wanted it to become a job or something i felt i had to do it, i i wanted it to be something fun to just have these interesting conversations it, it does sometimes get to the point where, you know, if, if I haven't lined up an episode and I have to find something, there's a bit of, oh, God, what am I going to do? But I usually find something, you know. Right. Yeah, we have a we have a similar problem of finding topics. That's really interesting. So you really like to just keep it small. Pretty much, yeah. I I, I just want to have an I, I don't care whatsoever. I don't care if four people listen to it or 400 people listen to it. I mean, yeah. I couldn't tell you the last time I went to Libsyn and just checked what the stats were on, on it. Um, Cause I just don't care. Right. <laughs> and it's not because it's not from any sense of arrogance though. It's just, I do it for me. Mm-hmm. It's, it's 
I mean, actually, you know, the Great Dale, it did go away for a little while, but it came back last year, you know, in, in the pandemic because a couple of friends who were kind of struggling a bit, I was like, well, let's just have a chat and we'll just record it and put it out as an episode. And ever since then, I've just kind of kicked one out every week. So it's it's almost therapy for me, I suppose. It's just uh, sit down, have a discussion, put it out and yeah, uh, yeah keep it interesting. That's really cool. Um we mentioned that you did a whole episode of Star Trek politics. I could do a, I could I could do a whole thing about poli- the uh, sorry the economy of Star Trek um, mm-hmm. on a on Picard because that was we did a episode. We have a, another series because I've got a bunch of spinoff shows of mm-hmm. Fake Nerd Podcast, which is our parent show. One of them is Fake Nerd's Watch, and I did a partnership with another podcast, Downright Downright Nerdy. Hey guys, it's me again current Brandon T. McClure. Um, I'm just chiming in here because there were some technical, there was a technical glitch here. Uh, my voice did not record. Um, I think I might have stalled a bit, but his audio worked perfectly and he still responded to my question, which was me basically asking him um, or making a statement about my confusion towards the politics in the TV series Star Trek Picard, which had which aired last year. Um, I do mention that I did a fake nerds watch series with it uh, for downright ner- with downright nerdies Michael Carls. Um, so that's really all you need to know. I just kind of like say, you know, what happened to the Federation in, in between Next Generation and Star Trek Picard, and he still answered that question. I think his. Uh, discussion was valuable even if you can't hear me so i just wanted to give you the context because i didn't want to take out his audio bit all right back to the thing I, I, well i'd love to have you on the great derelict and we can have a long discussion about that um <laughs> i mean I, I have thoughts about that we actually discussed this i did another episode uh with the former head of the u.s naval academy where we asked the question is starfleet a military and you know that was a really interesting discussion because you know it's, it's said multiple times they are not a military, yet they fought quite a number of wars. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, but that was an interesting one. We did talk a little bit about, you know, what happened between, you know, the end of Next Generation and uh, the beginning of um, Picard. And it's like, well, the universe changes, you know, it's yeah. not a static place. And um, yeah, but yeah, absolutely. I, I, I love those sort of discussions is it, to, to kind of get into the nuances of, of why, why did the thing happen? What changed? What led this to be here? Um, and why is what, Rafi living in a trailer park when complaining about the economic status when there is supposed to be no economic status in the Federation? Well, I mean, why in uh, the undiscovered country uh, are there some people in Starfleet who are there purely to be waiters? Oh, sure. Did yeah. you join Starfleet to be a waiter? Yeah. Or, you know, it, who knows? And and that's what I love, you know, those sort of discussions. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, okay, so what are your kind of general views on fandom? This is a new question I want to ask people. Um, so I want to know kind of what your general thoughts are on fandom at large, mm-hmm. basically. Uh, fandom at large. I, I think fandom as a thing is largely a force for good. I, I, I think there's something very positive about fandom because I, I think at its best, fandom is about a shared love of a thing and it's about you know uplifting it and celebrating it and you know just just kind of it, it, it's almost a shorthand you know if, if if you go out there and you say i'm you know i'm here wearing an aliens t-shirt an alien t-shirt and if someone sees that then they know instantly 
we have something in common, alien. We can talk about that, you know, there's a point of contact. I'm wearing an N7 hoodie there, Mass Effect. There's another, you know, in, in instant kind of touchstone there. And I think I, I recently did a podcast on someone else's um, show where we are actually speaking about mental health uh, in cosplay because, you know, I do a lot of cosplay and everything. Uh, and I spoke about it in there a little bit, but um, I, I think it's it's very good because you find your people and you can find support there. You can find other people that, you know, you know, share your love of a thing. You know, you can talk to them about something. You can distract yourself from this dumpster fire of a planet by immersing yourself in, in into something else. Uh, there is a very, very, very vocal minority which wants to tell you you are wrong for being a fan of a thing if you're not a fan in exactly the way that they tell you to be a fan of it. But that's not fandom. That's um, gatekeeping. I wouldn't even say it's gatekeeping. It is almost. I, I don't know what it is. It, it, gatekeeping is what we would term it. But I mean, mm -hmm. it, it, it's very much a case. I mean, it, it boils down to, you know, people put so much of their identity into their fandoms that that is how they identify. And then when something goes against what they identify they feel personally threatened and it's like well fandom is good but that can't be all you are you know you've got you know it's a big tent there a lot of people in there so yeah on the whole fandom big positive big fan but one of the key tenets of fandom i think is let people love the thing in the way they want to love it it's not for you to tell them they're wrong for liking a thing you should never tell someone they're wrong if they like a thing in the way they want to like the thing, just be happy that they like the thing. Yeah. I, th I also think that's important. I, I, you know, we see a lot of the DC and star Wars fandoms um, kind of being taken over by the more toxic elements. A lot of the time um, they, they kind of encourage that kind of toxic discourse. And that's really unfortunate because you just, at the end of the day, you know, it's, if you're any level of, a, of, of a fan, you're, you should be considered a fan just as much as the next guy. If you've watched, if you've read one Star Wars comic, if you've just watched one episode of, uh, I don't know, Bad Batch, and mm -hmm. you've liked it, then you are a fan of that thing. And no one can tell you, you know, otherwise. And I know there's some people that go, go, oh, well, you know, if you weren't there in 1977 queuing up around the corner to be to, to watch Star Wars, you're not a fan. Piss off. Piss yeah. off. You don't care. It, it's, if you like the thing, you are a fan of the thing. And anyone who tells you that you're wrong is not a fan. They're just a bigot, you know? Yeah. It's just, a, yeah, it's another form of bigotry, really. That's the word I was looking for earlier, basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I've seen people, one of the things that baffle me is people, original series, Star Trek original series purists, mm -hmm. the ones who are like, it's just the original series and nothing else, like no next gen, no DS9, <laughs> no Enterprise, no Voyager. And I'm like, really? That's interesting. You don't get, you don't get many of them anymore, but what, what it tends to be is they are against the current thing until the next thing comes out. Because, mm -hmm. you know, I, I don't know if you've seen those clippings, but you've got the clippings out there where people are writing letters about the next generation about how it's going to be terrible and they don't want to see it and you know bring back spock and all that and then next generation comes out and it's a huge success 
And then they announced we're doing Deep Space Nine and people are up in arms going, well, you know, how can you have this series set on a space station with a black captain? And, you know, everyone's, mm. rah, 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 we don't like it uh, until that comes out. And then that's a big one. And then, you know, Voyager comes along and go, well, you're just redoing the next generation, but with a woman captain. And it's going to be terrible. and We don't like it until Enterprise comes out. And then everyone's like, oh, why are we doing Enterprise? You know, we want to be going back. We want to be going into the future. But it doesn't match the original series. And then Discovery comes in. Well, it's not Enterprise. The theme song's terrible, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it just goes on like that. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's the, 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 I think the, a really good analogy is Star Wars. Because Star Wars kind of... It, it's a really great analogy when talking about Phantom in general because it is just such a huge one and it, is, it encompasses every single problem and Phantom also every single great thing about Phantom. But when the sequel trilogy came out, the all the prequel haters started to love the prequels oh there's a there's been a lot of revisionist history there um so i know this is a bit of a i don't want to say sore subject it's a subject which has uh, been mentioned in the past but i would like to make a bold proclamation if i may okay the last jedi is the best film with the word star wars attached to it oh my god it's not the best star wars film but it is the best film that says star wars that's a really interesting distinction. Do you mind explaining that? Well, absolutely. Star Wars is pulpy science fiction. It is Buck Rogers in space. It's Flash Gordon in space. Mm-hmm. But Star Wars, at its core, as George Lucas envisioned it, is just cheesy um, science fiction. It's got a scroll text. You know, there's space wizards. There's X-Wings. You don't think about it. it it's just what it is. The Last Jedi is a deconstruction of the genre which takes the, which in one film has more character development than 20 years of the expanded universe ever did. The expanded universe, right? Mostly terrible fan fiction, frankly. And <laughs> Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, Leia, uh, Chewbacca, all that, they do not evolve or develop from Return of the Jedi at all. Mm-hmm. Luke Skywalker, by whatever book of Yotsi Vong, stuff they got up to i I stopped reading to be perfectly frank Mm -hmm. Uh, i know i'm making assumptions about stuff i haven't read but my point is there's no character development or growth at all throughout those eu okay they are luke skywalker got to return of the jedi and then stopped and then the last shadow was like yeah people don't stay static for 20 30 odd years you know people evolve life happens and this is the result of 20 years of life but The Last Jedi was the best film with the word Star Wars attached to it. I loved it. And The Rise of Skywalker, it it was a gut punch because it just tried to forget that that was there. Now, I will and have shout from the rooftops about how amazing The Last Jedi is because I love that film. But what I won't do is tell anyone who likes uh, Rise of Skywalker that they're wrong. I won't tell anyone if they come up to me and say, I love the rise of Skywalker. I'll be like, well, good for you. I'm glad you enjoyed it. You know, if there's something I liked in the film and, you know, yeah. Small spoiler for a film which came out three years ago, which everyone saw. But when Han Solo showed up sort of thing, I was like, that's a nice touch. I like that. When Ben Solo got to be Ben Solo and he did a little shrug. I liked that. Um, So there are bits in there that I I can kind of, you know, say I liked as well. Um, With the prequels, you know, um, Attack of the Clones, terrible. Don't really like it. Revenge of the Sith, I love it. Yeah. 
Ian McDermott just chewing on every piece of scenery. I quote that film more than any other Star Wars film, unironically. Revenge of the Sith is probably the best Star Wars type film because that's just cheesy pulp, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I really like Revenge of the Sith, but Last Jedi is my favorite um, oh, yeah. and the whole Absolutely. franchise. You, you know, you mentioned revisionist history. Um, something I kind of danced about around before this, but um, revisionist history is so interesting to me that fandom is constantly revising its own history. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's constantly, like we mentioned the expanded universe, again, to go back to the Star Wars analogy, but the expanded universe was a hodgepodge of uh, fan fiction and canon and this and that and everything contradicted everything the first two books in the series like contradicted each other um and it's just it ne- there was no like cohesive storytelling but as soon as disney made the co- they made the proclamation none of that is canon we're going forward with our own canon all of a sudden the revisionist history came about of like oh the expanded universe has been great there's maybe a dozen good eu stories in my humble opinion, mm-hmm. and I mean really good ones. And most of those were written by Timothy Zahn. The Thrawn <laughs> trilogy is amazing. But what I don't get is those stories are still there. Yeah. You know? It's not like they went around and, per- you know, dis- it's not like the holiday special where George Lucas went around and destroyed every copy of that he could get his hands on. You know, <laughs> they're still there. There's mm-hmm. nothing to stop people still writing those, you know, stories and, you know, and sticking them up online. In fact, Disney's even released um, in the Legends thing a comic book since they've reacquired it, you know? Yeah. They'll do what it is. But yeah, people get very protective. And I think that loops back to what I was saying about people's identity. You know, if you attach so much of your identity to a thing and then people make a declaration that this is no longer canon, who cares? It's all fiction. It's all stories, you know? You know, it's 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 loosey goosey at the best of times. But yeah. it it's it, if if that's precious to you, it, I would totally understand it if they got to a big cliffhanger and then they just said, well, we're not finishing this. I'm still scarred from the Sarah Connor Chronicles, okay? <laughs> I'm still scarred from that. I love that but show. It, absolutely. And it was just getting so good. But, yeah, it, it's, yeah, it wasn't to be in there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, you know I, we, I've used the Star Wars analogy, so let me, trans- let, me, let me mix analogies and go to a different fandom. But the DC fandom um, was kind of taken over a little bit by the by the Snyder fandom um and the Zack Snyder fandom not to like belittle the people who just wanted to see Justice League but there was a large and loud contingent of people saying that you know this this is the only thing this is my identity Hmm. and that's unfortunate it is unfortunate I mean look I haven't watched either version of the Justice League I've got maybe a third of the way through Batman v Superman uh, because I watched a Watchman, I didn't mind, but most of the stuff that Zack Snyder does, I just don't get on with, and yeah. it's just not for me. So when it's there, you know, if it's in the cinema, I'm just not going to go and see it. I'll catch it if I catch it, and if it surprises me, that's great, but I don't care if I don't see it at all. It's it's just not for me. I mean, I'm not the biggest comic book fan. You know, for me, it's spaceships and science fiction, comic books. MCU largely gets a pass just because they're consistently good stories, and that's what I want. You know, I want good stories but if you want an interesting fandom discussion let's circle back around to where we started here ron moore's battlestar galactica do you remember and again i'm, I'm presuming you're old enough to remember this but do you remember the hoo-ha when they announced that show i don't starbuck as a woman oh. 
I oh, can imagine. That, I can imagine that what kicked, that was like. That kicked off, my friend. That that show was, you know, decried by the fans before episode one even aired. You know, everyone was like, going, and then the miniseries aired, and Boomer has gone from a black man to an Asian woman and a Cylon. How dare you? And Colonel Ty, you know, gone from again a black man to this bald, angry. You know, <laughs> It it, it it was mad. You know, people yeah. were really precious about what is, let's face it, a very, very campy 1970 science fiction show, which had like two seasons. And Galactica 1980 is not good at all. Yeah. Uh, but revisionist history, you know, now they're talking about doing another Galactica spinoff. And all of a sudden it's how dare you? You know, Ron Moore's Galactica is is perfect. You can't redo it and do all that. Well, it's and it's a... being it's it. Look, we've seen this with Discovery. Yeah, you know, we've seen this with Battlestar Galactica. There's a subset of fans that just before they even see a thing will just decide they don't like it, and they'll tell everyone they don't like it. And if you say I'm looking forward to this, you're wrong. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's the um, the new battle. I haven't seen too much of the Battlestar Galactica thing, but um, I do remember when they announced. Because they've been bouncing around a new Battlestar Galactica project for years. Brian Singer right. was going to direct a movie for a while. Um, thank God that was gone. before Ron Moore's one. That, Ron... oh, but that, that that must have come back around then because that the that happened recently when the X Men was popular. It, uh, no, what? Yeah, yeah, X Men was popular. Just to give you an idea of how old we are here, uh, <laughs> X Men was two thousand, I believe. Oh, but I mean, then... when Days of Future Past was coming out. Oh, I, I don't know if that was. That, that that might have it. It might have been the old story recirculating, but but yeah, Brian Singer and Tom DeSanto were going to do a series. They got as far as building props and sets in two thousand and one, mm-hmm. but two thousand and one happened, and so that fell through. And then the Ron Moore show came around after that. Yeah, I I uh, I can only imagine what that was like because I was fairly. Not my, I was I wasn't really in fandom spaces, so I didn't really see a whole lot of the discourse. But I can only imagine what happened when when Starbuck was announced to be Katie Sackoff. Um, oh, it, yeah, it it was it was not good. <laughs> yeah, but you get like the scene with like if the new the new show is coming out and and like Picasso's doing this new show and people are like, oh, but Ron Moore's was so perfect. But it's the same people who are decrying the Ron Moore series. Yeah, it's all the oh, same absolutely. suspects. Yeah, it, it because they're not really fans, as as we've already said. They're, they're kind of bigots. They're just people who just... It's almost like they're miserable, and they just want everyone to be as miserable as they are. So, yeah. you know, that's that's kind of how it came around. So, yeah, as a general, as far as fandom goes, you know, take what you like about it and celebrate it and just, you know, leave it at that. And if you can't, well, then shut up. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, well, okay. I think that's all I got for you, man. Yeah. Okay. I appreciate you doing this. Um, at the end of every episode, I like to uh, let everyone just plug what they got going on, plug anything you want. So I'll leave the, let, let, let you have the floor for that. Oh, well, as I mentioned, I do several podcasts and they're all available at rogue2media.com. Uh, there's Into the Expanse, uh, where we go through each season of The Expanse in each episode. It's kind of like a 
a companion show. So we, we deep dive into the episode and talk about all the stuff that's happened and all the nuances and everything there. Uh, there's the Grand Prix podcast because uh, we like Formula One. Uh, Formula One is like NASCAR uh, uh, and IndyCar that you have in the States, but they turn left and right. Uh, and we do a podcast about that. Uh, and that is so much bigger than the Great Dialect. You know, that's the one where if you want to have a discussion about fandom, sports fandom, and then there's a yeah there's the great dialect which is my podcast about everything and anything to do with science fiction which is also over there yeah sports fandom that's a strange beast as well yeah i'm you know what i kind of i think i should get someone on about sports fandom someday well we can have a little chat now about it if you want i mean if you want to edit a point in (laughs) yeah why not i want to have a talk about sports fandom because i'm not i'm not a sports guy um I know I just promised the audience that this was going to end, but whatever. Um, <laughs> um, it's my show. I can do whatever, whatever I want. Unlimited power. My friend, my co-host, Ben Magnet, uh, he's a sports guy. Um, so I don't get, I kind of see the parallels of sports fandoms, but I don't get it. What's well, your perspective I, on that? Okay. So I, I, again, we say sports, you know, I'm talking Formula One, which yeah. is... Some people wouldn't consider it a sport, but yeah, it is. Uh, Why wouldn't they consider it a sport? Oh, because it's cars, and some people think, oh, if it's not people running around a field, it's not sports. But you know, it's as we as we've discovered, there's um, people with opinions and everything. What's interesting with uh, with the Formula One fandom, if you will, the community there is, it's very very tribal, but it's tribal within it, as is the nature of. Um, sports what you have is you have your favorite team your favorite driver there's drama which goes on uh, throughout there uh, what's happened this season and i'll talk about stuff which no one's going to have a clue what's going on about but uh, <laughs> there's been a new driver has come into the sport uh, and as a rule i don't like to use his name because he sexually assaulted a woman uh and posted a video on instagram at the end of last year. He's the son of a Russian oligarch and his father basically bought him a seat in the team. And now this guy is in the sport facing a car. He's oh my God. terrible. He is like a, 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 at the back of a grid the entire time. Everyone kind of hates him. But what we're seeing is there's been a subset on Twitter who have decided uh, there was a hashtag uh, which was going around going, we say no to Mazepin. The driver's called Mazepin. Uh, then all of a sudden, there was a subset who was going along, going, oh, well, you know, he's just a young boy. It's high drinks. Give him a sport. And they started saying, we say yes to Mazepin. And uh, there's a competition which the fans can vote on at the end of every race where you can vote for the driver of the day. And they try to get him to win the driver of the day because they're just trolling. They're just, you know, horrible individuals. But on the whole, the sport's that the fandom is generally a very positive space. You know, um, the Formula One world champion at the minute is Lewis Hamilton, who is a black man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's seven times world champion at this point. He's like, statistically speaking, the most successful driver of all time. A lot of people dislike him because, oh, he's only winning because he has the fastest car or, you know, the race is a boy because he's always winning. You get that in every kind of fandom or every sports fandom, I think, you know, if your team's winning, it's great. If the other team's winning, it's boring because they always win. You know, whenever the success, yeah. that's just the way of it. But yeah, there's there's a lot of parallels to other fandoms within there. Um, one thing that we notice with the great uh, with uh, the Grand Prix podcast over the Great Derelict or the other podcast we do is 
a a lot more people listen to it by a factor of 10 and uh we get a lot more negative reviews as a result of it <laughs> <laughs> yeah we, we've, we've been called soy boys uh oh, cynical wow. um what, what was it we were called um jaded and cynical which we took upon as our nicknames for the entire episode so uh elton was jaded and i was cynical uh and yeah we we, we have a very safe space we have a fun community around us and we just kind of when people do it to us we just laugh and just kind of you know shake it off there sort of thing but yeah. you know i don't get any of that on the great derelicts and it might be because it's smaller and it might just be because i don't go into those you know those controversial spaces but yeah <laughs> man that's weird um maybe i should just sports podcast maybe i'll be popular all of a sudden um well i, I think it also depends on tapping into because i mean they're, they're all crowded spaces you know with sports right. you know anything which has got a lot of people in there but if you're passionate about a thing and you want to do it and it, the grand prix podcast is no different from the science fiction one because we're both passionate about it mm -hmm. you know we treat the grand prix podcast as if if it was just me and him sitting in a pub having a chat after a race that's what we'd be doing it doesn't matter if people have downloaded and listened to it we think it's great that they have done I think it's a little weird as well because we're both idiots and we have <laughs> no idea what we're talking about <laughs> but it's actually our disclaimer at the beginning of every episode it says you know uh, the following podcast um uh contains uh, the opinions of two idiots who don't know what we're talking about uh and unusual humor which is not suitable for, uh, unusual humor that's not suitable for adults uh and in language which is not suitable for children because we swear a lot because we're british we enjoy swearing <laughs> I, I do i do want to i do i think the big question that comes up that needs to come up whenever you're talking about sports fandom is why mm -hmm. is sports fandom seen as kind of the accessible one why is it seen as like not a fandom weirdly enough you see it, it used to be you, you see these memes going around about you know if someone's out there wearing like a full football kit for soccer not your football but a full kit or it's the same thing it's uh but uh, or, or a basketball thing and all that you know they, mm -hmm. they why is that acceptable but wearing a geeky thing is not yeah but arguably it's to reverse these days now where if someone's wearing a full football kit and you know if you're not going to a football game people are going to give you some funny looks i think you know whereas if you're just wearing you know if you're wearing your fandom in the form of t-shirts and hoodies i don't think anyone bats an eyelid these days yeah. so i do think there's been a bit of a shift in in that you don't think that there's still and uh, a look at a kind of a sense of in, in infantilism when it comes to like uh graphic t-shirts no i don't i i well i i think for one thing we won nerds rule the world now um that's true but one, one of the things you notice with a lot of the geeky nerdy t-shirts now is it's like this one i'm wearing in a minute i don't know if you can see this it, oh, yeah. it's great for an audio thing but basically it's green text and it's the message uh that nostromo prints out to ripley when she goes what is special order 937 and it says uh nostromo rerouted to new coordinates investigate life form and you know crew expendable basically mm -hmm. unless you know what alien is this means nothing to you mm -hmm. if you know what it is that's cool you know you, you, hey you get it if you don't know what it is it's just a t-shirt with some green text on it uh there's a company called last exit to nowhere and they do loads of these like you can get amityville police department shirts oh that's cool uh, you can get um, Overlook Hotel 
You can get uh, Wayland Utani building better worlds. You know, Starfleet Academy, Mega City One. <laughs> it's just so interesting. Oh, I should look that up actually. Uh, it's just so interesting that like people. I mean, I guess they used to. I think still in America, I think it's more prevalent in America. This still happens mm-hmm. because sports is such a big thing for us. Um, I think, you know, we look at like if you're wearing a a football jersey, football, our football, not yours. Um, if, you're wearing, <laughs> if you're wearing a football jersey or a basketball jersey or whatever, um, that's seen as acceptable, even if you're not going to the game. But if you're wearing like what I'm wearing, which is a, a, like a it's a Lion King t-shirt that has scar on it. That's in the, in the style of an old comic book. Um, mm-hmm. That scene is like, I'm emotionally stunted. Oh, strange. I don't think you get that over here at all. Yeah. Well, no. you you might live in the better country. <laughs> uh, a few years ago, I might have said yes, but then 2016 happened. But let's not 2016 happened for a lot of countries. <laughs> yeah, 2016, yeah, 2016 was well. Um, weirdly enough, 2016 was probably around that time where I became I, I became the dude for fandom effectively where it was just like yeah well that's like your opinion man and just roll with it you know yeah i i certainly it, it was building for a long time but that was certainly kind of a period where i was like you know what you do you guys you do you you know it's i don't have the energy to be angry online anymore <laughs> or if i'm going to be angry there's more important things to be angry about it and so you know that was there you go you see it was, it was all very kind of mellow there but yeah i i don't think if you walked around in that shirt here, I don't think you'd have any thing. That being said, and again, generalizations, if you see guys walking around in like my little pony t-shirts, you'd probably still get some people going, hmm. Sure. But even so, because hell, even with fandoms, you know, you've got people that look down on other fandoms. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't, but people do. But on the whole, I think you'd be absolutely fine. Yeah, that'd be, that, I mean, it's not like, I'm walking around and people are sneering at me, but I do think, like, yeah, yeah, and and especially in America, I do think sports is is kind of seen as like the acceptable fandom, um, even even still, uh, even though like, Aquaman made a billion dollars. <laughs> um, well, it's yeah. Jason Momoa, man, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I was just reading a comic book that I really want him to star in, uh, yeah. Birthright. It's really good. Oh, awesome! Yeah. One more thing I wanted to say though, just yeah. with your fandom discussion. Should we get a little bit blasphemous up in this house? Do it. Religion's kind of like the original fandom, if you break it down. Because what happened there is you had a collection of stories. And look, if, if people want to believe what they believe, that's fine. Again, you do you. Just don't tell me what I can do. But in my opinion, religion is effectively just a collection of stories that got really, really popular and people invested a lot of themselves into. And now it's a case of, you know, we don't call it a fandom. We call it a religion. And you're seeing it now with Star Wars. You're seeing it now with DC. You're seeing it now with Marvel, where, you know, we joke about it being a religion. It kind of is. And yeah. much like, you know, if, if you look into the history of things like the Bible, the Bible's been revised. There used to be like 37 Gospels. And then they decided, you know what? These ones aren't canon anymore. And, you know, now we're down to four and all that. And you're seeing that. And I think there's a real risk that if you become too obsessed with uh, you know, what is canon, what is not canon with, you know, the right way to celebrate a fandom, you do risk becoming dogmatic and stunted. And, you know, you, you don't want that. You want to build your tent as big as possible because the more people coming in to share stories and to, you know, share the love of a fandom, 
that's the only way it's going to thrive. And that's why Doctor Who's been going for 50 odd years. Star Trek's been going for 50 odd years. You know, if, if you Godzilla. keep your, yeah, Godzilla, because it constantly evolves and changes with the times and it moves forward. If you don't, if you don't evolve, you die on the vine, you know, and it's why Flash Gordon died in the thirties. It's why mm. Buck Rogers, you know, died in the thirties, fled briefly in the seventies. And that's been it as well because they haven't evolved with the times and move forward. So you should be more ex- be willing to accept the new ideas. It's not all going to be for you. It's, it's just not. But the sooner you can kind of accept that, the better. I know you like to ask people about their opinions on the echo chambers. Mm-hmm. And I'll say, I don't think there's any problems with echo chambers at all in so much as I don't want to be surrounded by people I don't like or don't want to hear. And I don't think you should go seeking those out because it's just going to piss you off and then you're going to get mad at them. And, you know, it doesn't, that, it's a horrible thing. But what you do want is the ability to empathize and the ability to think critically. If you can do those two things, then you should be fine. Just yeah. accept that if they like a thing that you don't, there's a reason they like it. And that's fine. Ask them, why do you like it? Engage with them. Because if you understand why they like the thing, that might lead you to love it. That's why Elton does a podcast with me about the expanse because I talked him into it. <laughs> sure. Sharing why I loved it. Yeah, you you mentioned religion, and I think that's a really that's a really interesting one. That, that like, as a fan, if we were to if we if we are to examine religion from a fandom space, mm-hmm. you know, it is one of those is one of those fandoms that people, you know, constantly constantly like uh, bemoan that no more people aren't a part of it. Um, and you know they're constantly trying to think, and it's also kind of one of those fandoms, not to be blasphemous and call religion a fandom, but it's kind of one of those things where it's like, if it was more accepting, I think people would be more willing to accept it. Well, it's because um, so much of it, it's so dogmatic in yeah. so much as you know, it is this. It is nothing but this. What is what is written here? You know, what this we're is Star Wars fandom. It's exactly, and if yeah. if you're not willing to accept new stories and to let it grow and evolve and become something more then yeah it's if it's just this look it, it's gonna wither and die yeah he says of something that's been going around for 20 2000 years plus but you know still <laughs> yeah that's true um yeah you know godzilla is a good example of something that just keeps reinventing itself every decade and not all of them work i mean look oh. the 98 film yeah well I think revisionist history is also interesting there because people are starting to look at that in a new light. That was my first exposure to it. Really? My first exposure to Godzilla was for the 98 film. And I look, I, I, I will always have a certain amount of fondness to it. Yeah. Uh, judge Dredd is, I mean, I cosplay as a mega city judge. It's one of my most beloved fandoms. But my first exposure to that was the 1995 Sylvester Stallone film, which is universally panned as being terrible. I love it. It's yeah. cheesy, uh, it, it's pulpy, and it's fine. But you know, it's it's another one where you know people, some people really hate it, and they get angry about it. And it's like, why? It's a film. If you don't like it, don't watch it. You know, <laughs> it's okay. I like the I like the Lost in Space movie. That oh yeah, with a bit of old uh, Matt LeBlanc with yeah. his B wing fighters going around there. Yeah, like four forty on the score. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's real dumb, but I like it a lot. Again, love what you love unapologetically, you know, if, yeah. if fly your fruit frags, man, you know. All right. Well, 
you already plugged your things, so uh, I won't need to ask you to do that again. But I appreciate you doing that extra that extra bit. A lot of really good stuff there with the religion and, and sports and things. Hey, any um, excuse to get blasphemous. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> Um, but you didn't say where, where they could find you on the socials. Are you on social media? I know you said you don't promote the show. Oh yeah, I'm 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 on Twitter. My personal Twitter is at Andy Free E. That's number three and the letter E. Uh, okay. The podcast is at Great Derelict. Uh, the Grand Prix podcast has one as well, but I don't run that, so who cares? Uh, I'm on, you know, I'm on the Facebook. I'm on the Podmates group and Mate It So, <laughs> the, uh, the the Star Trek uh, Planet Earth. Broadcasting spin-off uh, site. In fact, I think that's where we met, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, we, I think we met on Podmates. No, I think it was Mate It oh, So. Oh, you're right, because I did the same call on Made It So. That's right. Um, I wanted to see if there were any science fiction podcasts. Ah, yes. Well, uh, so there you go. But yeah, uh, please, uh, I will have you on my podcast at some point, and we will talk about yeah. Picard and politics and whatever you fancy. I'm, I'm That'd down be fun. whatever, man. Yeah. All right, man. I'm gonna let my I'm gonna let my uh, my future self play us out. So. Uh... Thank you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. All right. Thank you, Andy. I'm really glad we got to talk. Uh, I hope we can do it again on your podcast, The Great Derelict. All of his podcasts and social medias are linked below. Uh, he pitched them to you guys. Definitely check them out. Um, he's a really cool guy. So again, th just thank you. Uh, this was a really great podcast. And I think... Uh, one of the best examples of what this podcast aims to be. I hope you guys got a lot out of it. I know I did. All right. Uh, so without further ado, of course, you can find everywhere you can find me, um, the Fickner Podcast, in the link below. You can find us on the Fickner Podcast website at www.fakenerdpodcast.com. We have audio shows such as the Fickner Podcast, which this coming week we are talking about G.I. Joe origins snake eyes reverse that snake eyes gi joe origins um as well as other things such as news and we do a book club every week um this past week we talked about gunpowder milkshake we skipped space jam altogether we talked about the netflix film gunpowder milkshake uh, we just finished loki for fake nerds watch that's our video series you can find our youtube channel linked below as well the loki fake nerds watch is over um the next fake nerds watch series that the that the four of us are going to get to get together to do is what if um but before that um you're going to see you're going to see another figner's watch series for transformers that myself and ben magnet uh there is a currently airing anime for transformers transformers war for cybertron uh we're gonna be talking about season two and then when season three comes out season three so those will be coming out i think those are actually going to be animation stations which is our which is our other uh, podcast series on youtube it's also the fakener book club which is currently on hiatus basement arcade which is currently on, hi on hiatus and basement arcade pause menu which has a new episode in the works but i don't know when it's coming out yet but make sure to like this make sure to subscribe sorry i'm so used to it make sure to subscribe to our youtube channel to get all all of that content um you know you get notifications and whatnot we put out a lot of content um yeah of course you can Email me if you'd like to be a part of this podcast. I really want to get more podcasters on. Uh, so if you've got a geek podcast, please email me at fakenerdguys at gmail.com. I have other projects in the works that I'm not quite ready to announce yet. Um, you'll hear more from me probably on the Fakener podcast is where those will be. So make sure you want, you want to subscribe to that on all audio channels and video channels, YouTube. And you want to subscribe to this podcast on all 
podcast stations. Uh, this is everywhere you can find podcasts. I'd really like a, a review. I'd really like it if you rated it. I'd really like if you told a friend to listen to it. I'd also really like it if you were on the show. <laughs> so not to sound too desperate, of course. All right, that'll do it. I'm a little winded. It's been a rough couple of weeks. So hopefully I left you with everything I needed to. Um, you can find me at Beats and McClure on Instagram and Twitter. All the Fickner podcast stuff is linked below. And until next week, guys, stay true to the fan in you. <laughs>